following program is a presentation of Fox Sports Radio Charlotte, the free Fox Sports app, available from Apple or Google Play, and always online at foxsportsradiocharlotte.com. It's time for the Uptown Sports Crowd. Here's Mackie Gallagher with Ben Cole. Good morning, Charlotte, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Uptown Sports Crowd right here on 94.7 FM, Fox Sports Radio, Charlotte. We are on air every single Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. talking about sports that's happening here in Uptown Charlotte or in Charlotte in general that's happening around the country. And we have some big stories to talk about, obviously. If you're if you're in Charlotte, you know that the Panthers traded up for the number one overall pick in the upcoming draft at the end of April. Conference tournaments are happening. Conference championships are being decided. So March Madness is finally upon us. We are ready for Selection Sunday. See what the seating is like. See what matchups are in the first round of 64. And to see who will be the next national champion for NCAA basketball for the 2022-2023 season. Once again, thank you for joining us. We are the Uptown Sports Crowd. My name is Mackie Gallagher. I am with my boy, as always, Ben Cole. Ben, how are you doing on this fine Sunday morning? Uh... Could be better. I just plugged in my headphones and did not realize it was on max volume. So I just heard our intro music and you going, good morning, (laughs) louder than any concert or anything I've ever heard in my life. I just felt like I was thrown into the middle of a war. But uh, it's it's like it's like when you join, this is going to be a very niche comparison, but it's like (laughs) when you join, you're in it's picture. It's summer 2009. You join a Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 game, uh, mid-game, and they have a Pavlo, a Harrier Strike, an AC-130 above. They're calling it a chopper gunner. some kids connect Mike. Yes. It's going crazy. And it's going and like, crazy. His mom is doing dishes in the kitchen, and you can hear the silverware <laughs> being put away. And every AC-130 above! <laughs> That's what you came into the show like. Yeah. Uh, so my brain's a little rattled, but I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm hurt. You don't like hearing my voice at max volume? I thought... That's something that you would want to hear 24-7. <laughs> Can't say that I, that <laughs> I, about that say, I The delay in answering that uh, really hurt my feelings, making me insecure over here, Ben. Now, uh, we got a – I want to say we have a lot to talk about, but it's mainly two things that we mm-hmm. want to focus on for today's show, and that is, of course, the trade that happened Friday uh, evening or late afternoon and March Madness. Uh, we got to start off. We're just going to jump right into it today. We have to start off with the Panthers trading up to number one. They traded with the Chicago Bears, and now the Panthers currently hold the first pick in the 2023 NFL draft. When you got the notification, I know we were texting pretty soon after, after, but like, what was just your first reaction? Like, You saw the tweet. You saw the breaking news notification. What was Benjamin Cole thinking right away? Oh, damn. Right? (laughs) No, that's really what it was for me. Yeah, like it, it, it wasn't unexpected. But I was definitely like, that's a lot. Right. That's a lot to no. give up. So, so you you want to break down just the, the trade itself? Like, well, what, yeah, what, what I, the... I will. But my reaction came in two parts mm-hmm. because my phone starts blowing up in these group chats that I'm in. And they're like, the Panthers really did it. And I'm like, what? And so I go to Twitter and I, the first tweet I see just says, Panthers have traded with the Chicago Bears. Uh, for the number one overall pick by a by a prof or an account, a source that I've trusted, and he's very he's very rarely wrong. And so I quote tweeted it. I was like, "Let's go, let's do it." I didn't I, I didn't even read the whole tweet. I just skimmed it or whatever. And I like and then my friend in a group chat 
sent Adam Schefter's tweet about it. And it got me. Adam Schefter typed this exactly for this exact reason to, <laughs> to, to make Panther fans mad. So what the Panthers gave away was technically one first-round pick because this year is just a pick swap. Panthers now mm-hmm. have pick number one. The Bears have pick number nine. They gave away a 2024 uh, first-round pick. Obviously, if you're going to the number one, you got to get the next season. They gave away a 2025 second-round pick. And then they also, and this is what got me, at the very bottom of that list of the compensation of what the Panthers gave away, I saw, I saw my man, my favorite Panther, my favorite Panther on the team for nearly the last half decade, DJ Moore. Mm. And that's when I, that's when full happiness for the trade turned to like dissipated to just like, all right, what are we doing? Like, what, like, what are we, like, it's not, it's, I don't, I still don't think it's a bad move. I like the move. I said on the show multiple times that if the Panthers were to do something, they need to trade up in the draft. That was a lot to give away to move up eight spots. It was a lot to give up to move up eight spots. But if they make the right decision on who you get for that number one mm-hmm. pick and you use some of those picks from like McCaffrey and other things and you free up some cap space now. Yeah, the you Panthers are in a good cap situation. You can other targets yeah. for your next generation quarterback. Uh, so it can definitely pay off in the long run. But this all depends on... You know how who you get and if they live up to the hype. I I really don't think we'll see who won the trade until a year or two. Yeah, because rookie quarterbacks. I mean, like unless they're horrifically like horrifically bad the first season, like they're just getting their feet wet. Especially if they don't have that uh, team around them, which a lot of f- f- these first round quarterbacks they go to teams that don't have a team around them. It's really that second season, like Joe Burrow. Uh, Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, even though uh, like some of these quarterbacks I just named out of the three are higher than others, but like a new, like a trend is being set with these number one overall picks or these early first round QBs that are taking that they are taking teams that are notoriously bad or awful to the playoffs and winning within two or three years, within a year or with, mm-hmm. and uh, and two of those quarterbacks I mentioned, Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence, did it uh, a season after their season was ended by an injury. And so, and I said on the show before, I said, if this coaching staff that the Panthers have assembled don't make the playoffs in two years, the first two seasons, no playoff uh, games, no playoff berths, it's a failure. Yeah, it is, especially now. Especially now. And so, the way I'm looking at this, you gave away the 2024 first-round pick, the 2020, uh, you gave away 2024 first-round pick, and essentially, you gave away CMC and DJ Moore for this pick. Because that second round pick that the pan- that the Bears got from the Panthers was, was the primary asset from yeah. that CMC trade, and now there's a there's a couple things I don't see this trade happening without another move happening. Yeah, there has to be one, and I think it's interesting that it came out yesterday too that they're even open to retrading. Yeah, which I was pick, like, which I which uh, if you do that, then it's a it's a it starts to feel like an immediate loss. Yeah, because then it's like, what's what's the point? Unless you have some insider info that you know the pick you want from mm-hmm. one might be able to fall a little bit, but I don't see that happening. Sorry, but it, it's interesting. It does feel though. I mean, talking about what you said, if you don't make a playoff berth in two years, it feels like a failure. But like you said, it feels like there's going to be another move, and maybe mm-hmm. this is kind of setting up to be like a two-year plan because it's starting to feel like I think 2015 it, right now where you have a 
potentially have a great quarterback, mm-hmm. other great weapons, but no one to really throw the ball yeah. to. And obviously the next thing that we're all looking at now is what's who's going to be the, the wide receiver one and, and things like that. So it could be almost like a two-year plan now because in 2024 – Oh yeah, or you know one two year plan. I know in 2024, mean. there's a lot Ooh, of good wide amazing. receivers that, and that's exa- that are going to be on the market, like T. Higgins, Ayuk, Pittman, C.D. Lamb, yeah. Judy. So maybe Justin this Jefferson. Is, yeah, <laughs> but I doubt, I, if the Vikings don't throw everything they have at Justin Jefferson, but, but no, that's what I, mm-hmm. I saw that free agent list for not this off season with wide receivers, but for the 2024 off season, and I thought the same thing, and I'm not mad about that because you just hired a coach and his coaching staff four years. Um you need that quarterback. Your offensive line is being re-signed, well-established. Uh, the defense is young. You got your anchors uh, with Brian Burns, Derek Brown, J.C. Horn. Uh, I still think the Panthers need to sign Deontay Foreman immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but And that's the thing, too. Nobody wants to see G- D.J. Moore go, and it's so unfortunate that it seems like the Panthers are finally going to get a quarterback, and now D.J. Moore is not going to be here. Uh, because he is, I mean— that that three year stretch and he almost did it last season with a thousand yards, but that's one of the craziest stats with the quarterbacks that he had behind center throwing to him. DJ Moore three consecutive seasons of twelve hundred plus scrimmage yards. He's twenty five in his prime. Just signed a deal before this past season with the Panthers, but uh, I think they either wanted the Bears. When I say they, either wanted another twenty twenty five first round pick, which giving away pretty much three first rounds, mm-hmm. technically two. Um, Brian Burns or DJ Moore. I think those are the three options. And the Panthers, you, they, the defense is the thing that's been holding them together through this lackluster run the past couple seasons. Um, and I, th- I see, I think it's harder to find a generational, generational or anchor defensive end than it is a wide yes, receiver. I was, I was going to say DJ Moore is obviously fantastic. Like you said, with the quarterbacks he had putting up a thousand yards mm-hmm. about every year was was great. But ultimately, wide receivers are just more replaceable yeah. than a p- potential franchise QB or like a Brian Burns. Yeah. And we saw like in 2015 what you can do with average exactly. receivers. And same with QBs. As long as you have a great quarterback and, yeah, other, and a great defense. It's hard to find that Not to mention like McCaffrey. Obviously, everyone was upset about that. But Deontay Foreman steps up. You know, running backs and wide receivers are just those interchangeable yeah. positions where you, you can afford to to lose it. Exactly, right now. and so the, and I think that's the reason that they were it was thrown in. It's just hard seeing that because I thought DJ Moore is about to just be you know mm-hmm. you know I'm he, a huge Moore a centerpiece, fan. Centerpiece, yeah, a centerpiece, a franchise guy. Um, and uh, that's another thing too. It's it's weird and hard. I'm a fan of the trade, honestly. Like I'm a fan. They did it. Whether it works out or not, if it and this is so early, very early. Like, I, I mean, it's going to be multiple seasons before we see if it's really going to work out or not, in my opinion. But if it doesn't work out, at least it doesn't work out when they put it on the table, they made the move, instead of, you know, this QB carousel. I've been saying just trade up. Like, it's time to go after your guy and work with it. You got a new coach, this coaching staff. And I've said it, too, with the experience and the knowledge of the uh, staff that Frank Reich has brought into Charlotte, I trust them with their pick. But now that it's pick number one, I mean, there's only two quarterbacks 
that See, that's you should crazy. even fathom. There are only two that you should be thinking about. And it's even it's, weirder. It's crazy that it's realistically three. The realistically three. And it's even weirder, though, tr- the draft that the Panthers trade up for pick number one. It's still a coin flip for who the number one yeah. quarterback in that draft class is. You know, like if we traded up the year with Trevor Lawrence or the year with Joe Burrow, it's like immediate. You know exactly who you get. But I, I personally think it's going to be Stroud. I'm happy with either Young or Stroud. I'm leaning more towards Stroud. But mm-hmm. if uh, but if it's if it's any anybody else other than those two names, I'm gonna be like, uh, if, if it's Richardson, I'm gonna be disappointed. Um, not like, that he's bad, no, but it's no, just but you don't trade all that for a, a project. Exactly, like we said last week, I don't think there's a wrong answer between Stroud or Young, mm-hmm. but. I just don't feel too great about going after Richardson. Like, yes, there's a lot of potential there, and there's a very high ceiling, and he could be like the next Cameron, Cam Newton, Patrick Mahomes, like combo guy. But more likely than not, he's just not going to be that guy, and you don't want to risk. You don't want to go all in with with for that for, no. for just too high risk. I wouldn't mad. I wouldn't be mad at the if Richardson ended up on the Panthers, but. But now that we see what the Panthers gave away to be in a position to yeah. choose, that's when it's kind of like, okay. Mm-hmm. like ugh. And, and it's obviously setting up to where whoever you get is going to be your starter. And I think Richardson could be a great guy mm-hmm. to, like, bench for a year maybe. Yeah. Let him learn the system. Let him become an expert um, off the field and, and ease his way in and gain confidence. But to throw him right in there. I, yeah. I don't feel too great about that. And that's what it seems like the Panthers are going with. I mean, whoever they draft is going to be the starting quarterback. No, it was a it was a, it was a very it definitely consumed me and had my attention for like three hours just texting everybody yesterday and just like, you know, giving my thoughts. People kept saying, What's your thoughts on this? Are they gonna well who do you think they're gonna draft? And I was like, Gotta listen to the show on Sunday. Why would I <laughs> why, why and there I go, nice plug. And I was like, Yeah, I'm not gonna give you this free these free thoughts, even though the thoughts you're listening to right now as I speak are free. But I got I gotta plug the show. Um I'm excited transitioning from the Panthers a little bit. I want to talk about the Bears side of this trade. Because initially, if we're picking winners and losers, of course the Bears have won this trade just with the assets they got. But people are like, this trade is solidified that the that the Bears are going to be rolling with Justin Fields. They're committed to Justin Fields. In my opinion, I never got the narrative or what people were saying that Justin Fields like wasn't a good quarterback. There was a lot last year that you saw was good. The Bears were just an awful team. They were an awful team. I w- now Now I wouldn't say I'm the biggest believer in him to be a consistent threat mm-hmm. throughout his career, but yes, I think he got a lot of undeserved hate when he was really just surrounded by a poor and also, I mean, especially his first year, I mean, just poor system and and just mesh mesh with him in the offense. There was just, there was just no, no chemistry. No. And the defense is awful too. Mm -hmm. But think about this now. He has revitalized Cole Komet. And I've, I've always been a fan. I'm always a tight end fan, but Cole Komet, after not scoring a touchdown for like two or three seasons, ended up having like seven in like four Mm -hmm. or five weeks. So I love seeing that. I'm a, I, I like Mooney. Darnell Mooney. They have Khalil Herbert as their uh, running back. And so now you have DJ Moore as your wide receiver one alongside Mooney. Claypool. Claypool. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but but no, you got to throw him in there. Uh, Claypool, Herbert, Komet. And you have pick number nine? Yeah. And you got your franchise quarterback at what, pick number 11 last year or two years ago? 
like I think the Bears are in a good position. They are with they the, really with are. The, then. And I thought about this too. I was like, how funny would it be if like there are no moves to get more skill positions for the Panthers? And so a rookie quarterback comes in, lose a lot of games, and then like the Bears have a top five pick <laughs> next know. season, and we just saved their franchise. But but no, I, I'm also excited for the Bears and Justin Fields aspect of this uh, of this trade as well. It'll it'll be fun to watch them. They, they've improved a lot in a in a short amount of time. And DJ Moore is our age, and you know he just put up so many yards, but he hasn't scored Mackie that is much. But her, I he am, just lost the, his favorite player. Yeah, DJ Moore is my favorite player because he has been the one consistent. Knock on wood, never struggled with injuries. Mm-hmm. Made crazy contested catches. I mean that hail mary alone last season. I mean he's been doing stuff like that throughout his whole tenure in Carolina. <sighs> And people have always just said, people say, but he's only scored like more than four touchdowns in a season once or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but at the time, at the start, you know, you had Cam Newton at the goal line, then you had CMC, which once we got within the 35, they're like, all right, CMC, take us home, baby. No, it was, uh, I'm, I, despair. He's filled with despair. I am. It was just sad seeing DJ Moore, but I want that franchise quarterback. More than that. Now, do you buy into this whole Ohio State quarterbacks can't succeed or won't succeed in the NFL? That's what a lot of people – That's what, when I say a lot of people, like my friends texting me, they're just like, who, who are the Panthers going to go? Young with his uh, size or Stroud from Ohio State, who – a school that cannot produce NFL-ready quarterbacks. So uh, do you buy into that? No, I don't really buy into that. Uh, first of all, I don't think there's like a big enough sample size to even – prove that that might be a thing it's just one of those things people float around and like to say um obviously it's great quarterbacks come from everywhere Stroud is the in my opinion the best pure passer in the draft this year um you really just have to wait and see you never know how each individual guy is going to develop or improve throughout their career and you know who's going to coach them and kind of mentor them and kind of see where that goes so I, I wouldn't follow that narrative with Ohio State quarterbacks. Now, let's flip it to Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. The, the main thing that's coming out that came out during the combines is size. He's small. Is is that an issue? I don't think so. I mean, we kind of talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. Like, Kyler Murray is similar in size. Not like Kyler Murray some, you know, incredible yeah. talent. <laughs> but, you know, he's a successful. he has been a successful NFL quarterback mm-hmm. in small sample sizes. Um, and there's been other good, you know, relatively small quarterbacks. I think Young's IQ and just athleticism, it, yeah. it won't be enough of a factor. I, I I don't see it being a big issue. Who will the Carolina Panthers draft? If And you mentioned this earlier in the show. To trade that for pick number one, to trade back and get more picks, I mean, that could dumb. work out, but that was... Dumb, uh, dumb, 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 no. dumb. At that point, you're straight into the top three or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> don't, yeah, just don't make the initial trade. Yeah, just don't <laughs> make one. the initial trade for one. <laughs> just do that trade in the first place. Uh, last time, obviously, the Panthers had the number one pick. Cam Newton, Cam Newton. was uh, the draft pick. I mean, he's done all right in Carolina. I mean, there hasn't nothing, nothing. He hasn't really had a season that was too special, in my opinion. Um, but it's nice to finally see. The team without Matt Rule go after a quarterback. Somehow Matt Rule is sitting somewhere taking credit for these. He's like, ah, if I didn't make a, 
if I didn't make you know CMC and DJ Moore look so good during my tenure there, uh, then then they wouldn't have been able to trade them, and uh, then they wouldn't have been able to get the draft picks to trade up to first. So I mean, honestly, I know I got to focus on Nebraska, but I just wanna I just wanna say that uh that the reason the Carolina Panthers are set up to get their quarterback is uh because of me because of me DBO don't beat ourselves um <laughs> <laughs> with the printer paper, but no uh excited to see what happens. We will see what happens. There's just two choices in my opinion. If you t- if you take either one. Mm-hmm. I'll be happy with it. Uh, don't go anywhere. The last thing I really want to talk about uh, with the Panthers trade is just get your opinion on some of the wide receivers you think could possibly sign with uh, Carolina this year. And then who out of those young 2024 free agent wide receivers you mentioned earlier would you like to see on the Panthers the most with their new franchise quarterback uh, after this upcoming season? Uh, this is the Uptown Sports Crowd, Fox Sports Radio. Charlotte, he's Ben Cole. I'm Mackie Gallagher. We'll be right back. Sports Ground, Fox Sports Radio, Charlotte, 94.7 FM, two-door cinema club bringing us back. Just got done talking about the trade that gave the Panthers the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. That is at the end of next month. We gave our thoughts on it. Good move. Sad scene. Wide receiver DJ Morgan. As Ben stated, I'm in a pit of despair over here. But we want to start this segment off by what are some of the free agent wide receivers you would like to see the Panthers go after possibly this year before this upcoming season? And then next season for 2024, because that free agent list of wide receivers is stacked. And Ben and I mentioned that we don't see this trade happening without another move in place. You cannot send all of that, which is I think is a reasonable amount for the number one overall pick mm-hmm. for a franchise guy and in the first season have no one to build chemistry with. Mm-hmm. And so obviously, uh, news that came out right before the trade was Vikings released Adam Thielen. Wouldn't be mad having Thielen on the team. There is one free agent... That although he's getting up there in age, if the Panthers sign, I think he could be one of the best vets that you could possibly have on your team. Talking about Julio Jones? No. (laughs) Don't cut me off again. (laughs) Even though I do it to you 12 times an hour. But no. Let me start over. There's one vet that I think you can have on your offense that could be a perfect mentor on how wide receivers should run routes and that chemistry between a wide receiver and a quarterback. And that is DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins name has been floating around D hop as a possible, like immediate move. The Panthers could make to fill that gap. And it would be a good, a good uh, acquisition. in, In my opinion, that would be a, a step in the right direction. That would immediately fill that gap. Oh, no, 100%. <laughs> it would be a good acquisition for the transition to the franchise quarterback. Yeah, but but how now we got to talk business numbers. Oh, you Panthers, know, I hate numbers. I open up an Excel sheet. My mind just goes, Egh. Panthers have about 23 million and uh, cap space. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, how much are we signing D-Hop for? You know, how much is it going to take? You know, numbers. I don't know. They got people around, down on yeah. Mint Street. That's that. That that's their whole job. My job <laughs> as the host. My job as the host of the Uptown Sports Crowd is saying, "Hey, DeAndre Hopkins is a good wide receiver. He should be on the team." But you know, that's too much. My I'm not the accountant. That's you. That's you. If the Rams can do everything they've been doing, I was about to say also is cap space a real thing? The Saints, dude. The Saints, All right? the dead money with like Drew Brees, and they just go and sign like the biggest deal to get <laughs> to like, get Derek Carr. What is, Carr? <laughs> what is but, going on? No, I'm saying like no, it's it's a myth. Caps uh, cap space is a myth. Uh, just like credit scores. Yeah, just print more, <laughs> just, print just, more just, money. Just print more money. It will not do anything to the economy. Jokes, jokes. All jokes. All what's not a joke is the need for DeAndre Hopkins to be in that Carolina black and blue. I mean, because think about it. Could you imagine, like, yes, he's like 30 years old. The Panthers definitely are skewing younger. They're, they have a young team both offensively and defensively. But to have a quarterback come in and you have an immediate wide receiver who has been by far the best wide receiver on every team he has been a part of every season he has played, even if he's missed the first six games for suspension like he did this past season on the Cardinals. But why would he want to be on the Cardinals? Kyler Murray's undergoing surgery. Kyler Murray, we don't know you know, what his trending in his career is. He might just become a full-time Twitch streamer for Call of Duty. Cliff Kinsbury is in Thailand on a one-way ticket, so they are searching or they just got a new coach. So why would you want to come? And then DeAndre Hopkins coming in. I mean, like, look at this coaching staff. I'm going to always come back to it. But I think every player in this league respects Jim Caldwell and the fact that he is on the yeah. staff alone. But That's a very good point. Or, or, or. All right. You're, or, not, you're not a SEAL. You're not can, a SEAL. You're not a SEAL. Stop. We could get Robbie Anderson. I was about to say, <laughs> Federer, bring him home. Bring him home. Yes, the man has had more name changes than receptions in Arizona. <laughs> But he'll be the main guy. No, I'm joking. No, Please yeah, don't. no, me too. But because the, the only thing he will do is get like a 60 yard touchdown in week one. <laughs> then nothing. That's the uh, that uh, actual question though. Words. Would you rather? Because you know cap space and everything. Would you rather throw a bunch of money to try and get a vet like D Hop, or would you rather spread the wealth and try and get two? Probably not three, but like two good weapons instead of just one big, big fish. That's the thing I've been pondering. Because I mean, there are other guys. That, yeah, because like, are we talking about someone like a Marvin get, Jones from Jacksonville? I mean, or like, like at, on that level, Thielen or like Lazard from Green Bay, yeah, who's young. Like, yeah, you know, there's there's other routes you could go, and and, and that's the thing too. And with this, you know, the Panthers have been down for quite some time and so I feel like the sense of hey we need to like if we're getting a quarterback we need to be good right away obviously you want to be good like you want that rookie quarterback to show glimpses that within a season after that if not his first season that you can make the playoffs but with with the four-year deal that Reich is on with trading up and getting this uh quarterback I mean there is a plan it's not all going to fall through in the first season and so that is a good question. Do you want to spread the wealth for some, for just some pieces, some complimentary pieces on the offense, like a Marvin Jones, a uh, Lazard from Green Bay, or do you want to go after the first bang and get DeAndre Hopkins? That's a question. I don't know. I don't know what my answer would be to that. Yeah, I, I personally would. I always lean towards the the multiple weapons. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have multiple threats 
um, on the depth chart for, you know, the same amount of money as just getting one, obviously one of the best wide receivers to ever do it, but somebody that's going to cost a lot of money who only has so many years left in the league. And my opinion is, too, is I like Terrace Marshall. I like the pick. He definitely should not be or he should not be counted as wide receiver one Mm -hmm. for the future. But I love him on the field. And when he has, when he gets snaps, I mean, he had his first down. Uh, I th- he led the Panthers in the amount of first down catches on third downs last season. Like he has good hands, good frame, good routes. Um, and in my opinion, going back to kind of proving my own point wrong, I mean, like he is that like Marvin Jones on the team. Could you compare him if he's getting the playing time and the snaps that Lazard is getting? Could he have similar numbers to Lazard if he played the yeah. amount of snaps that he did the second half of the season all season long before Matt Rule left? And so maybe the Panthers already have that guy. So going after that big fish, you have your D-hop, then you have your complimentary wide receiver. I, I like Terrace Marshall Jr. a lot, TMJ, as the second wide receiver. And like even if they sign Thielen, I've always been a fan of Thielen. Me too. It's just kind of that thing, do you want to – do you want to plan for the future or now? I would, and and I, and that's the thing. I feel like if you get multiple weapons, you can dominate for the next decade. Yeah, rather than maybe next two three years. See, I've been seeing some mocks of you know the Panthers trading, you know some of their uh, picks still that they still have in this draft with uh, the Cardinals in return for DeAndre Hopkins, which I think the Cardinals could obviously do that because I don't know what direction the Cardinals are heading in, to be honest. But then now we, we, we've beefed up this uh, 2024 free agent list. And I just want to throw a couple names on there that with their age and if the Panthers could possibly land one of these in that two-year plan that we've been talking about, and you've said multi- uh, a lot of these already, uh, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, big fan of Jer- Jerry Judy. Uh, Kurt Oak, Curtis Samuel is a free agent? Bring Curtis mm-hmm. Samuel home. Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. Uh, T. Higgins. We were talk- I was talking to our boy Gray, and I told him, I said, Gray, if there is a way that after this season, if if will the, will the Bengals be able to get their deal done with Jamar Chase? Who do you think the Bengals will keep out of those two wide receivers? The Bengals wide receivers are insane right now. <laughs> it's like, Tyler Boyd being your third wide receiver, and then your top two are T. Higgins and Jamar Chase? Oh, don't forget your quarterback's freaking Joe Burrow. But who do you think they would rather keep between T. Higgins and Jamar Chase? I mean, you have to think it would be Jamar Chase. I think it's for the connection with Joe Burrow. Although T. Higgins can be more consistent and potentially, I mean, he might still be better than Jamar Chase numbers-wise. But what if they can't sign both of them? That's just that money is too much. We don't know what the wide receiver market will be after this season or not. If there's a way that they sign, you know, Jamar Chase to that deal and they don't have that space for T. Higgins and he lands in Carolina, like with his youth, with his skill, potentially beside D Hop, mm-hmm. that's the thing. But too. also, this also another good kind of point to bring up is if the Panthers just don't perform well next year, is he going to even want to consider the Panthers? Exactly. This is all kind of contingent on you guys on the Panthers having a decent season. Yeah. That's why, like that's what I'm saying. That's why you can't really tell who won the trade yet. No. And the thing is, too, if if they were to go after and make this big move for DeAndre Hopkins a free agency this offseason, like I also don't think it's going to be a long term deal anyway. No, three years max. Yeah, one or two. I wouldn't be mad with two. Michael Pittman 
is another uh, good wide receiver that's a free agent in 2024, Gabriel Davis. And I'm naming names who, you know, could be they, – they could be household wide receiver names or just names for those pieces that you're filling in that you were talking about. K.J. Osborne, but it seems like uh, it seems like the Vikings are riding with him releasing uh, Thielen. Someone like Donovan Peoples-Jones I yeah. wouldn't be mad about. Someone like who else? Even Van Jefferson uh, from uh, from the Rams is a wide receiver that I think the Panthers can get on a very team-friendly deal who can kind of fill, be those multiple weapons. So I agree with you. Uh, or I, not agree with you, but I see uh, what you're saying is, do you want to go after that big fish? Or do you just want to get those, like, scatter it around? Because, I mean, imagine, imagine your first year – a wide receiving core of like Thielen, Terrace Marshall Jr., and uh, and someone like Van Jefferson or someone like uh, why am I blanking on his name right now? The guy, he's the other wide receiver on uh, on the on the Rams that didn't uh, and he was on the Bears. I, I for some I want to say Alshon Jeffrey. I know it's not Alshon. Je- Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson. Why I was, was I like I, I was blanking on his name so much? But even someone like that, like. It's like, are they the top 10 wide receiver? No, but like they have proven to have skill. And that's somebody that for a rookie quarterback with their experience, I think it can help them out and bring success to the offense. I agree. And Allen Robinson, especially like that specific scenario. I mean, he hasn't exactly found a great fit Mm -hmm. with the Rams. So, you know, potential piece. OBJ is another free agent. I wouldn't really want to see OBJ. Yeah, I mean, also, I mean, I just like the idea of having multiple weapons. Because, I mean, if you go back to last year's Panthers team, I mean, obviously, quarterback play was was not the greatest, yeah. not the most reliable. But how many games did we see where guys just were not getting open? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously a lot of missed throws, but guys just weren't getting open. It's always better to have yeah. multiple threats because if you're playing a team with a couple shutdown corners or even one, your top target is already kind of mitigated a little bit. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to just have multiple weapons. It makes you so unstoppable. Uh, agreed. And uh, going back to that season, that joke saying that Cam didn't have a standout season, but 2015, you you brought it up earlier. You know, it could be similar to having a good quarterback with no weapons around it. But if you have that good quarterback and you have decent wide receivers like Ted Ginn, you know, he was notorious for dropping uh, balls that were thrown to him. But when he did catch him, he was behind him. He got open. That was a threat. They couldn't double-team this guy because they had to have a safety back there watching Ted Ginn on the fly route exactly. all the time. Even uh, Corey slash Philly Brown, he was good. Not not a household wide receiver name, but he did uh, he did everything they needed to be. Greg Olson carried it. Um, you know, just Devin Funches had a decent season that year. But it's mm-hmm. just it's, it's really how the team meshes. And that's one thing that I think is going to be important for the Panthers is if you're bringing in this rookie quarterback, this franchise guy, you need to have someone who's around them they can start building chemistry with, that like they can get the start for like the way Joe Burrow has had T. Higgins or Jamar Chase, although those names are bigger than any wide receiver that I see the Panthers getting other than D-Hop this season uh, or this offseason. Uh, Trevor Lawrence with Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones. Uh, look at what they did. They brought in Evan Ingram and look at the connection they have had. You think they're going to let Evan Ingram walk? And Evan Ingram? Ingram's young. Mm-hmm. It's one of those guys you just got to find somebody that just fits their style. Exactly. And so that and so that's that's a challenge as well as an opportunity for the Carolina Panthers to bring in, you know, their guy and to see what happens. Uh I'm leaning more C, just to finish it up, wrap it up. Um I'm leaning more CJ Stroud. Last week you said Bryce Young is probably like the number 1 pick. Are you still sticking with that? No, I said it's a toss up. Like uh, yeah. I think I think Stroud is the best passer. Mm-hmm. Uh Young might be the best all-around quarterback, but you know, it's it's hard to tell. It's, is is there is tell. there a quarterback you see fitting better with the Panthers? 
That's a good question. Um, because I'll, I'll answer it first while you think. Yeah, because go. I'm kind of, I'm leaning CJ Stroud a little bit because you know I read a few things about how Frank Reich has kind of gravitated towards. I yeah, know, yeah. I, I know they had a lot of chemistry. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Cut no, you but off. he was just gravitated towards you know bigger quarterbacks like like Philip Rivers, six five, uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, you know, just mm-hmm. some of the starters during Frank Reich's tenure. You know, they're all standing six foot five or taller. So I've, I feel like, you know, as a coach, he just kind of likes that frame or that build and a quarterback. And so that's helping me out with, you know, my my desire to have C.J. Stroud. But for the record, like they could say Bryce Young, number one pick. I will not be mad. I won't mm-hmm. be mad at it. And, and Stroud also, with the size that you mentioned, he has a great ability to to not scramble first and and just keep his eyes downfield, which mm-hmm. is something I really admire. If you watch a lot of C.J. Stroud clips, he waits till the last second to, to make that decision to take off and run. Um, he, he he does a very good job of keeping his eyes downfield and, and just giving his buying his receivers time, which, which I appreciate. Obviously, it's going to be different intensity in the NFL. I mean, D-linemen are just so much quicker and defenses are quicker. It's going to be a challenge, but... Uh, it does seem like C.J. Stroud seems to be the better fit yeah. for the Panthers, and I know they had that good meeting. Very excited. I mean, even if they announced Stetson Barrett pick number one overall, I won't be mad at it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm just messing. Pause. <laughs> I'm just messing. But no, final thing I'll say on it is, as a Panther fan, I am very happy and excited going into the unknown Rather than, you know, signing a veteran quarterback to where it's like, yeah, we've seen them do this, but is he going to do it with us? So excited for the unknown, exciting for excited to see what lies ahead uh, next month for the Carolina Panthers here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, last couple of minutes of this segment, speaking of Charlotte uh, professional teams, let's talk about Charlotte FC for a second. Not off to the greatest start. 0-3, lost to Atlanta United yesterday and, you know, 0-3 start, not the start a lot of people were hoping for. Um, Just from the uh, matches you've seen so far, you know, start of the season, uh, you've seen Living in Charlotte now, how the city has rallied around the team. But uh, is there anything that has, stu- that has uh, stuck out to you right now? The thing that I'm seeing is that defense has been fairly poor. Defense has yeah. been extremely poor. Um, getting outshot a lot of games, giving up just easy opportunities. Uh, not a lot of chemistry. I mean, yeah, poor passes, um, you know, just not marking guys. Soccer terms. Soccer um, terms. Not marking guys. Uh, yeah, giving up easy shots. Just no communication. Just not a lot of fluidity right? in, it, it, in the team. Uh, not really sure what happened in that. I mean, a lot of it could just could just be a team not clicking right now, mm-hmm. but still kind of finding their groove, but... Yeah, not the not the start to the season they were hoping for. Still early on. I mean, I still like seeing the pictures and everybody, like all the pictures of uh, Bank of America, you know, packed out, supporting them, wearing the blue and black as well uh, for Charlotte FC, supporting the Queen. But, you know, the hype of the hype of the first inaugural season has passed. There is still hype about them being fairly new and having a new professional team here in Charlotte. But now it's a time to see – what Charlotte FC has to do yeah. to actually compete. Yeah, let's start seeing some wins. And they, and they were competing last year. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like It just looks very different this year. So I really don't know what that change was. Exactly. And and it also really hurts. I mean, obviously in soccer and the MLS, you can draw. So not 
dropping all three of those games mm-hmm. and not even just drawing a couple of them really hurts. It means you got to win that many more games now if you're looking to make a playoff push. Still very early, but yeah, they got to get it clicking. Yeah, the St. the St. Louis match was the one where it's just like, mm-hmm. oof. Like I mean, scoring the own, scoring the first goal for St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. At home. Never like to see an own and goal. It, <laughs> and it wasn't even it wasn't even St. Louis that scored it. <laughs> it's like ah, Charlotte FC. But that is the Charlotte way. I mean, but who knows? Maybe this year could be the trifecta. Maybe they're just trying to fulfill the Charlotte Sports City prophecy of, you know, the Panthers having the number one pick, the Hornets potentially having the number one pick, even though they have won seven of their last ten games at the moment. And if Charlotte FC keeps it up, even though it's still very, very, very early into the season, maybe they will have the number one pick. But no, Charlotte FC... I think they'll turn it around a little bit. You know, they're getting those they're getting those early season jitters out. Yep. But yeah, there has really been nothing impressive so far from the matches that have happened so far this season. No, but we believe in them. We believe in them. I'm always going to support yeah. them. Oh yeah, we're going to go out there. Great atmosphere. If you haven't been to a game, go to a game. It's a lot of fun. Go on the uh, website. Yeah. You can you can learn the chants, learn the songs, all that stuff. Follow Sean McIntosh, chief fan officer. He always wants to make sure that uh, the fans are engaged and they know how to click and just how to make the the match day experience better at Bank of America for Charlotte FC. Don't go anywhere. Uptown Sports Crowd will be right back. And now back to more of the Uptown Sports Crowd on Fox Sports Radio Charlotte 94.7. Move aside and let the man go through. Let the man go through. Move aside and let the man go through. Let the man go through. Uptown Sports Crowd. Fox Sports Radio Charlotte 94.7 FM. If you can't catch us when we're on the air on Sundays, 9 to 10, you can always catch us on FoxSportsRadioCharlotte.com, Fox Sports Radio Charlotte mobile app. We also upload our shows, a podcast version, on Spotify, Apple Music. We have talked. This is a Spotify show. If you have Apple Music, you can listen to our show. Just don't tell us you're listening to it through Apple Music. And uh, feel free to drop a review, uh, a five-star, four-star. Four star. Hey, it's Four okay. Half. If yeah, you take the time spot. to do to, to, if you take the time to leave a review for us, like you do for your DoorDash delivery drivers, we would be a okay. Yeah, and we're fine without tips. We're fine without. <laughs> you do not have to tip us for the show, but if you want to leave a review, we are here for it. You know, talk yeah. talk to NFL free agents. You know, number one trade. DJ Moore is no longer a Panther. Big moves in the NFL. NFL busy, busy day on Friday. Going to transition to March Madness now, as we are in the full swing. Of, but before we do that, you know, March Madness things are about to get crazy in March. Crazy. Is there is there anything crazy? Any madness in your life right now that's happening? Any madness? Any in madness. my life? Uh, madness the in, most, with any sense of the word. The most madness I've had in my life recently, and it was a struggle. One of the one of the Hardest mornings I've had in a while. So I get frequent nosebleeds. <laughs> I um, remember this. <laughs> uh, every winter, and about this time when it starts to get dry, it's it's danger. It's danger zone for me. I know at any moment, you know, I don't have to get hit or anything. I just have a weird, weird body, weird nose. It can just start flowing. It's not good. And we had a work thing uh, last week where, you know, we just had a big thing in the morning. Had to be in here at 8. Set my alarm, wake up at like 7. I'm like, I'm going to be on time for this. I'm prepared for this. Middle of the shower, I'm just like, "Uh uh-oh. Nosebleed happens. And this was a gusher. Blood rushing out (laughs) like Blair Witch Project. It was not a fun one, so I'm dripping wet. I just got clean, but I'm also not clean because I've got, you know, blood on me. 
So I'm trying to get ready out of the shower while also tending to my bloody nose and, you know, plug in that. And, you know, have you ever tried to, like, grab toilet paper or tissues when you're sopping wet? It's not hard because then, you know, the tissues are getting ripped and you got tissue residue on your hands. It's all and you're at just 7 like, in the morning. It's all at 7 in the morning. I'm like five and a half hours of sleep in. I'm like, oh, God, this could not get any worse. Uh, so I end up barely making it on time. I literally still have tissue plugged into my nose. I'm walking in. Everyone's like, are you okay? We need a medic. Um, <laughs> More yeah. <beats> that. <laughs> but we got through the day. That That was uh, a morning madness, though. A morning madness in March. Um, that's that, that's the most I've had recently. But otherwise, it's been uneventful. It's been chill. It's been nice. It's been nice. Yeah. It's been nice. Yeah. Uh, you know who else has uh, has had a nosebleed before? And you know, has played what's very uh, crucial in March Madness in the past. Who? Tower Hansbro. Uh. Not a Tower Hansbro fan, but it's a segue to March Madness. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of Tyler Hansborough, he was looking very down in the dumps the other night when UNC lost to Duke, which uh, was not good for their tournament bid hopes. Yeah, usually UNC, if they want to be one team, it's Duke. But you mm-hmm. know. Which I think it's weird, just speaking on it, because I'm not a UNC fan, I'm not a Duke fan, not an NC State fan, I'm just an outside, third party. Grew up a Florida State fan, etc., besides the point. But I think it's interesting how I'll go on Twitter and I see all of these UNC fans that would literally rather go like one in 30 on the year, but beat Duke, then like make the NCAA tournament. Like they're, they're okay that they didn't win the national championship last year because they ruined coach K's like last game. <laughs> like it's crazy how much y'all care about that rivalry. Like I get it. It's huge. Like but also X. I would take a championship any day of the week over beating our rival. Right. <laughs> like that's Agreed. the ultimate goal, right? <laughs> that's the ultimate goal. That's why you play. Why do you care about winning one game when you can win the whole thing and be the champion? But also, I guess that's speaking from like a fan standpoint of teams that don't win a lot of championships. I <laughs> guess if you're a UNC fan and you have you win a you make the title game every 4 years, you don't really care about it that much, but I don't know. Don't take it for just, granted. Just becomes just becomes another task. But but, uh, but UNC is the first the first preseason AP number 1 team to not make the tournament or to have it, and to have 12 losses in a season, not to make a tournament, excuse me, but to have 12 losses in a season. Well, they are also the first team in the 64 team, 64, 64, eight team era to uh, be preseason ranked number one and not make the tournament the following year. We assume till today's selection Sunday, but you know, losing in the ACC tournament, not making a deep run there, losing to Duke. It, it's pretty safe to say yeah. they are out. They were on the first four out before they lost to Duke. Um, it's definitely disappointing, especially if you're a Tar Heel fan. Yeah. But I will say, to give them the benefit of the doubt, they were probably overranked and overrated coming off of last year. And I've had UNC fans tell me that, and too, when that ranking came out. They were a nine seed that got hot and made a deep run in the tournament. So I do think they were a little overranked. But they were bringing back a lot of the same weapons. Which they is the were thing the that hottest gets me. team. So I still don't think there's an excuse to regress that much, yeah. in my opinion. Um, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Probably shouldn't have been preseason number one, but still to to not make the tournament and, and to have that many losses, it's definitely disappointing. Returning four starters, that like, and you mentioned it, like having those people or that amount of players return and then having the drop off and the regression at the level that it was this past season or this season, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that confuses me with this. 
And I'm That's not true. a UNC fan, but it's always like I do like seeing the North Carolina, like North Carolina is a basketball state. Mm-hmm. I do like seeing the North Carolina schools represent the state, continue to go far in these tournaments, whether it's the conference tournament or the March Madness tournament. Um, but it's just something that I definitely was not expecting. <laughs> and seeing my friends who are Carolina fans, like just on Twitter all season, it's just like they oh. were distraught. They, yeah, they're just like, ugh. It's like say the line, say the line. You're a basketball you know, school, right? You want to know what's worse though than not than being preseason number one worse? and not making the tournament? Florida State. About three years ago, I guess, whenever it was, Florida State was one of the best. They've never won a, a college basketball championship. Um, they've never really been made that many deeper runs. But a few years ago, the year the COVID year, they were a projected Final Four team, a for sure lock to be a one seed, had one of the best teams they ever had, and then the tournament got canceled. Ooh. And all those guys went to the NBA, and now Florida State won like nine games. They went like <laughs> nine and 23. That hurts. I didn't. The one year, like I said, y'all get to enjoy it every year pretty much. The one year Florida State, like analysts, ESPN was like, oh, yeah, Florida State, they might, they might win the championship, cancel the tournament. <laughs> The way Lose you all feel of our right players. now is how I felt about DJ Moore. You're just in a pit of despair right I now. I mean, I was we, I didn't even get to see them uh, I didn't even get to see them, you know, maybe get upset or even make the sweet 16. It was just disappointing. And now nine win team. So uh you know, like I said, don't take it for granted. At least you got it's, to make the championship. You should have won the championship. Should have, yeah. You went into the locker room, it's, and then what came out at yeah, halftime was know not what, what basketball should have been. You're not supposed to light up the cigars at halftime. Um <laughs> You know Michael Jordan was in there feeding them out. <laughs> He said, oh, we're going to Harris, Cherokee tonight. <laughs> oh, I guess it wasn't in North Carolina, but we're going to the casino. <laughs> <laughs> Charter flight with his private jet. Um, but, yeah, UNC disappointing. Now on the flip side, Duke, John Shire uh, taking over. Tremendous first year as head coach. They didn't lose at home. Um, you know, they've been ranked all year. They've been pretty good. Uh, how far do you th- do we think Duke goes in this tournament? Do you, do you have any idea, any projection? Obviously, we don't know what their bracket's going to look like with their matchups, but you haven't any, any guesstimation of how far Duke might go, Mackie? You're a Duke fan, right? I am. I say that loosely, though. Yeah, I, I, know. I was, I was more, casual. And, no, I was more of a Duke. Like, I followed way more closely as a kid. Like J.J. Redick era? Like, oh, definitely. That's what got me into it. Like, my brother has, is still a huge UNC fan, but, uh, like, through middle and high school, I watched a lot of Duke. I've kind of fallen off, so that's why I don't really classify. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not the same level. But if there is a team I cheer for, it is Duke. I mean, I, of course, I want to see them at least make the Sweet 16. But with the teams, with the way they've been playing this year and, you know, the efficiency, mainly at home, not losing a game, as you said, uh, I mean, anything less than – if they get knocked out first two rounds, I'll be surprised. Because what's the record right now? Like 23-9 and nine or something? Like, I mean, like uh, 25 and 8. 25 and 8. Like, they, um, they have a good record. Yeah, no, Duke has been a solid team. My one my one concern about Duke is, you know, I'm a big Ken Palm guy, you know. He they're barely in the top twenty five in Ken Palm. Uh their defensive efficiency is, is not great. They give up a lot of points. Um, but on the flip side, a, a solid offensive team. Um so it'll be interesting. Duke right now though, I do think they're one of the hotter teams. I could see him going sweet sixteen, maybe elite eight, but I wouldn't get your hopes up if you're a Duke fan. I wouldn't yeah, you know, be no, anticipating a Final Four run or anything. So but who, I will say. Who are you? Like, like who are your picks? Like, but that's what I'm saying. saying. I, if there was a year where Duke could maybe make a deep run, Duke fan, this could be the year. Because my biggest takeaway from watching college basketball this season is it really feels, and I think I said it last week, it really feels like one of those years 
Even last year with like a UNC, a random team could make it in the championship. It kind of reminds me of that year where, you know, UConn was like a nine seed and they made the final four, mm-hmm. uh, similar to UNC last year. It, it truly feels like there's there's no one dominant team. We know that. Um, and a lot of the, the number one seeds or contenders this year look shaky. Purdue, been shaky. They've yeah. had close They've first half games very recently. Oh, I've never been a big, uh, you know, Purdue stand, but... One of these close games, they're going to lose control. Houston could definitely make a deep run, you know, but depending on their region, they could definitely get upset early. Um, you mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, Kansas. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to go back-to-back. Uh, you mentioned Kansas, hard to go back-to-back, but they're number one seed. Uh, Purdue, you know, shaky. Uh, UCLA, you've talked highly of them last week, mm-hmm. but uh, do, what do you see? Do you see them sneaking into a one seed? I could. One thing I like, oh, UCLA should definitely be a one seed, and one thing I really like about them is I think they are the hottest team right now. Also, Ken Palm, Advanced Analytics, they're, they have one of the lowest luck ratings, so they've been a consistently good team. You know, they're not winning these crazy games where they're just... Things are going their way. So I, I UCLA is probably my favorite team right now, but Ooh, right. it's just one of those years, you know, it could could go in anywhere, anybody's direction. Are there any middle-of-the-pack teams that you're kind of looking at? Are there any teams that, you know, aren't in those interchangeable one or two seats come Selection Sunday, which is today? Um, or are there are there any teams that you think, you mentioned UNC at the nine seed making that run. Do you see a team this year that could possibly do the same? Uh, I wouldn't even say they're, like, really – you know, a low, they're not going to be a low seed or anything. They're probably going to be in that three, even two through four seed. But Texas, you know, Texas yeah. had a big win against Kansas, uh, but their inconsistency does worry me a little bit. But, you know, they're 25 and eight. They're a solid offensive team. Um, very efficient. Great coaching. I, I think Texas could maybe be one of those teams to to make a deep run. Is there a, is there a specific conference that so, you're looking at that could that's possibly interesting, that, yeah, that everyone, could run through? You know, I'm a firm believer ACC is one of the best conferences. You know, we saw it last year, even with only like five teams making the tournament, you had two teams in the final four. Uh, So I'm a big believer in the ACC. Miami has looked very good this year. Obviously you have Virginia and their defensive threat. um, And they, and they seem to be playing well right now. And then obviously you have, you have Duke and stuff. Um, But it's hard to tell what's going to happen with the conferences. You know, big 12 is always, pretty decent sec with alabama and tennessee this year they're mm-hmm. looking pretty good it, we'll we'll see we'll see i yeah we'll, we'll see is there is ucla the team you would like to see win at all you said they're the hottest you're like kind of favoring i don't know if them. i would like to see them win at all i just think if i had to put my eggs in one basket i'd probably i haven't made the bracket yet. The bracket hasn't come out we'll, we'll maybe talk on it touch on it more next we might week just do our own selection yeah, yeah we might right have here. to yeah we might go through the regions because i'm I like doing brackets. I'm pretty. Brackets I'm pretty. Fun. I'm pretty dang good at them. I've had some good results in recent years past. I've selected the right champion a lot. So we'll, we'll see the bracket. We'll okay. see the bracket. I'm excited for it. March Madness is just a, a great time. One of the me and my friends uh, at the lake last night were talking about this. Uh, it's like March Madness is just one of the greatest sports times of the year. It is. It's so electric. And we were trying to we were trying to talk about you know what what's sports what what's the one thing that they beat. That has uh, that every other sport doesn't like and I mentioned NHL overtime. I think the way the overtime mm-hmm. like there's not many overtimes in other sports uh, college basketball. We said probably the postseason like there's just mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything that beats the March Madness uh, and then NFL. We said Super Bowl just has the greatest the biggest championship game, but it 
March is it's like October. March is just an amazing time for sport. The Madden's gonna break out. I'm excited to see what possible upsets there can be. I'm excited to see what lower seeds can work their way through the ranks and possibly upset some of these big dogs that we've been talking about. Like uh like Alabama, Texas, Houston, UCLA, Kansas, Duke even. <sighs> It's it's just all a guessing game at this point, and it's oh, yeah. all just what team wants it more each and every game. It is. It is. It's gonna be fun. March, we are in you, <laughs> and we are ready, and we will be watching. Final segment of the Uptown Sports Crowd coming up right after this. Welcome back to the Uptown Sports Crowd. Mackie Gallagher, Ben Cole with me as always. We appreciate you tuning in to today's show. As we're wrapping up, we just want to throw out a few things because we know we talked about the Carolina Panthers, Charlotte FC, March Madness with Duke, uh, UNC, uh, even though UNC most likely will not be in it. Uh, waiting for the full selection Sunday before I am confident in saying that, but I am 99.9% sure they will be in the NIT. Uh, there's some other things going around around Charlotte. The Charlotte Checkers. They, uh, you know, the 2019 uh, Calder Cup champions, they are going to make the playoffs again in minor league hockey, and they play right down the road at, on Independence Boulevard at Bojangles Coliseum. So if you're in Charlotte looking for something to do, go check out the Charlotte Checkers. Yeah, they're going to be in the playoffs right? Uh, as long as they don't, you know, uh, go on a deep downward trend in the year. And, uh, hey, Mackie and I like to go to Dollar Beer Night. Wednesday, home games, Dollar Beer Night. Love Dollar Beer Night. We'll probably be night. at the next one on March 29th. If you want to come up, say hello, meet us. You know, we'll 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 be friendly. Not now, babe. I can't talk to you today. I got to go meet Ben and Mackie with the Uptown Sports Crowd at the Bojangles Coliseum for the Charlotte Checkers end of season game for Dollar Beer Night. Okay, honey, bye. Have fun. <laughs> Charlotte Knights also are getting ready ready to start uh, at the very end of March is when their season begins. Uh, I am lucky enough and very grateful to them for bringing me back as one of their PA announcers. Uh, they called me. I got it my first game Sunday, April second. Woo! Woo! Third game of the season. Love uh, working for them. Love watching their game. And if you've never been to a Charlotte Knights game, go check out that stadium. You know, you have the city backdrop. Minor League Baseball is one of the best date night ideas, in my opinion. And it's always just a chill, affordable night to go with friends, family, partners, significant others. Your dogs go to bark, uh, bark at the park, barks and brews, whatever. There's so much. There's so much sports happening in Charlotte all the time, especially through the summer. So please. Just yeah, go. go out. Support the local teams, man. Even if they're not these professional Hornets, Panthers, or Charlotte FC. You got a lot going on, but it looks like the weather is beginning to turn in Charlotte. Charlotte comes alive. Charlotte is always alive. But I am excited for your, your Ben, your very first full summer here in the Queen City. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you next week, Sundays on 94.7 FM, 9 to 10, for Ben Cole. I'm Mackie Gallagher. Thank you for tuning in to the Uptown Sports Crowd. Please enjoy the rest of your Sunday.